This is a Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. My name is Rakesh, and together with Anthony, we scour the net to find worthy financial news and derive insights for all you coconuts. We are part-time investors with an intense full-time career. If we can do it, you can too. So join us every Wednesday for TFC's Weekly Market Updates. Hello, Coconuts. Welcome to another episode of Weekly Market Updates, where we scour the net to find worthy financial news for you. This week, we are quite varied in our episode. We're going to start off with a tech overview. Alphabet, Amazon, and Apple had their earnings call. We're going to dive a little deeper into Apple uh, with a bit more news there. We then move into Singapore REITs, the Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust. Why should you look into it? Should we even look into it? What are some upsides? What are some downsides over there? And last but not least, Shell has recorded record profits. Was this a good thing? How did they do that? Is this a buy now? Is it it up and up for Shell? All these questions answered in this episode. Let's get to it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, Coconuts. Welcome to another weekly episode with me, Rakesh. And Anthony, one more week to Valentine's Day. I mean, I, I don't know if you celebrate it. I, I kind of feel like an old married couple yeah. and I don't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fair enough, man. No, I try and stay home on Valentine's Day, actually. <laughs> I mean, try I go try out. to stay home every day. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's slightly different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's crazy, man. Um, I... I I thought we was doing January, but we are really coming out to mid Feb now. It's 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 been yeah. an intense. No month. la, not mid Feb, like seventh. It's seventh next week. Yeah. is mid-fab. Well, it's one quarter of mid Feb. <laughs> it's one quarter of Feb, um, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's been intense month, man. The markets has just been. Ooh, you know, do do you feel yes. FOMO yet? Have you started buying? Yeah, definitely feeling FOMO, dude. No, I have not started buying. It's it's um. I mean, I guess I would say FOMO because I should have gone in. But I haven't. Ah, see, and I'll be honest. Say, laugh at me. I've been I've been lazy. <laughs> I no, I will be honest that I've been lazy. Um, as you know, Anthony, I've also just recently just started up IBKR. You were helping me out with that with that referral. Yep. Um, but I just haven't put the funds in to spend. So then ah, every weekend, that's why I, I don't have a referral bonus yet. <laughs> ah, there you go. Every weekend I haven't. Um, you know, I've got some wedding to go to lah, this lah, that lah. Oh, shit. So, yeah, dedicating see? sometime soon. Go, going to the wedding has now cost you real money, right? But anyway, it's still costing uh, me real money. You must give Ang Pao. <laughs> it's not in Ang Pao. Now you cannot even invest in stocks. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> opportunity cost, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Real opportunity cost. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, I think that's that's roughly it. Yeah, Valentine's Day, you have anything planned? Uh, no, I mean, not at all. I just don't go out. Stay at home. No, look at my two kids go, ah, the fruits of Valentine's Day. No, no, not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but look at two kids and go, ah, damn it, no more celebrations. Need to like, put them to bed. So, nope. <laughs> Fair enough, man. I just, I mean, I think I just on my side, me and my wife agreed, um, no no going on Valentine's Day because I'll have some buffet here, la, buffet there. La. Yeah, go always the hike day up after, the, the day before. Mm. One week after, so again. That's why. Never also can. <laughs> yeah, like you, right? <laughs> Terrible. Lucky my Thank God our wives don't listen to this. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> awesome coconuts. Now that we've established that we are the only people that listen to our own podcasts, <laughs> we have a couple of updates for you. As usual, the three stories. We've been a bit back very, and forth very. with Singapore a bit. But we're going back to the U.S. with tech. Uh, we're going to do a quick overview on tech and talk a little bit about Apple. Then we come back to Singapore with Capital Land mm-hmm. Trust. Um, and, and that's REITs, right, Anthony? Yeah. All right. Yep. 
And of course, last but not least, we're going to end off with Shell having record profits. All right. Um, okay. Not, not, not thanks to me pumping petrol, but yes. <laughs> thanks to everybody. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> All of them had record profits. It's terrible. Yes, yes. I think firstly, as, as a quick shout out before we jump into tech, um, I, I think tech has been hit quite hard over the last couple of weeks. Somehow every tech company is laying off 7%. If you are affected, um, we feel you, we empathize. Uh, we hope for you to to get a, another job. Um, and, you know, and if you need any questions or anything that we can do to help, please write to us. We're more than happy to have that chat as well. Cool. Awesome. So on on that note, um, good to talk about it, right? Because I think Alphabet, Amazon, and Apple released earnings last week. Yeah, I think we Meta want, and Microsoft Meta said, well. oh, that's really mama now. Mm. Yeah, it's actually AMA actually. Yes, today we focus on the A's. Today we focus on the um, A's. Alphabet, well, it's it's honestly been a bit of a of a not a very good year for them, right? Like they let go of people, obviously, but also their ad sales has fallen quite a bit. Uh, I think YouTube mentioned below eight billion, mm-hmm. um, falling short, obviously, of, of forecasting and all that, and they are actually. Sundar Pichai came out to say they're focusing a lot more on AI. They're looking at different ways to search, um, ad revenue as well. They're looking at a way to, to re-engineer how this would look like uh, in, in the form of sustainable growth, right? He's obviously talked a lot about efficiency since, what, three quarters now? All, 20% all of his sales force, he says he needs to optimize. Oh, everyone, everyone did. I know. Everyone. That's why I say this tech overview. I say once, everything said that. Everyone yes. said that. <laughs> Got party line. <laughs> Hey, I was seriously thinking like, you know how in the last four, uh, you know, last two weeks, everyone somehow with the 7% number has been quite apparent in tech, right? With the exception of, yeah. of maybe Workato, they got rid of 10%. I'm wondering whether all these CEOs literally got WhatsApp to each other. Hey bro, today uh, I do first, uh, tomorrow you do. Uh. Uh, but don't fo- don't one person do, everybody follow. Right? <laughs> because the first person started with 10%. I think the first people started with 10% is like, wow, mm. very jealous. Must go a bit lower. Then 8 then some people went six, <laughs> actually not enough. So seven lah. <laughs> Trial and error. Trial and wow. error. I mean, you, you look, it's just market reaction, right? I think some of those mm. companies went six and then they, people were like, why only six? What's the point? So okay, law, you know, lucky seven. Um, not, not so lucky for the people who got affected, <laughs> unfortunately, but you know, no. um, d- different shareholders yeah. perspective. Lah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely right but i mean the shareholders loved it as soon as people you know as soon as the tech companies started saying that the the, the stocks if you looked at it skyrocketed uh, went up at least jumped um anyway coming back to this so that was effectively what what alphabet is saying obviously it has it has fallen amazon same thing it said uh biz, cloud business has slowed i think yep. quite a hit was taken on aws mm-hmm. um sorry actually, by, by slow they just mean slowing growth right so it still grew 20 something yes. percent year on year yes <laughs> Um, it, it's just no longer yeah. growing like 30 something, 40%. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and he said the standard party line, we need to be more efficient. But I think the 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 the, the biggest one here is Apple, right? They have had a lot of Because they have fired people. <laughs> they are hey, the only one that actually, yeah. They have they are the only one that haven't announced layoffs mm, of all the big you're tech. Right. You're right, actually. They have not actually announced. Um and that can be seen in they are December figures. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Negative 5% in terms of sales deceleration. And of course, they blamed it on, on logistics. Mm. Um, they said that supply chain was affected and so on. But actually, I believe, or, or you know, a few other articles were also saying that it's more than just a supply thing, right? Yep. Because it's real for us as, as you know, investors and, and retail that they're actually not buying these these phones, right? Mm. Um, iPhones and so on. So I think that's definitely something to be thinking about as we move into Q1 for <laughs> for Apple and really wanting to see how they're going to go ahead and and hit their numbers. Because don't yeah. forget, um, iPhone takes up quite, I think was it, 50% of their entire revenue, right? If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, that it's said, the bulk though, of it. It is. It is the bulk of it. And that's why I think for the last few years, they've been trying to grow the services sector, 
right? If you notice with all their different subscriptions that they're trying to have. Yeah, with, with, have... with all their messaging around privacy and tracking mm, right? mm. and cutting people out of their wall garden. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, shots fired. I mean, look, they, they, they are doing what they... I mean, they have power over the ecosystem. They are, you know, flexing their power to make more profits. Good for them, lah, you know. Um, and, and everybody who owns the index owns quite a bit of Apple, right? It's the largest company. So, good for everybody who owns the index, which is like everybody. So, hooray. Yeah, yeah true. Um, a bit of numbers on Apple, right? Revenue fell 5%. iPhone sales declined 8%. I think that's the worst ever iPhone sales they've had uh, in, a, in a very long time. But they did have some positive news coming out, which I think is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Number one, they have apparently, according to them, their install base comprises of 2 billion devices. Okay. That's that's billion with a B, right? Yeah. Um, so that's at an all-time high. <clears throat> People are keeping it. So they, they have a decent retention figure in that mm-hmm. sense if you look at devices. Not yeah. to mention their margins run at 40 over something percent when they're purchasing those those devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have been actually improving their services number. So it's somewhere around 150 million more that they had from last year with regards <laughs> to the number of paid subscribers on their services. Oh, wow. That's actually quite a fair bit. It topped out actually that, at 937 million users. That is a lot of people. <laughs> that is quite a bit. That is quite a bit. Um, and this is the area that they've been trying to grow. I mean, we've talked about this when they first launched. Um, I believe, Anthony, you and I, was it you and I last year that were, we were talking about how they created this one subscription system or something like this? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, right. Well, and, not, um, not one ring to rule them all, but, you know, close. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and somewhere along those lines. And it turns out that it's actually paying off in that sense that they have 935 million users in that front. So I think that's a really good positive note. Um, it, it's good to see how this year is going to be priced because there are, I mean, every year they release their, their Macs. Every year they release their iPhones. Every year yep. they release their watches, right? So I think it's it's good to see what the market sentiment is. Well, what are your thoughts on the hard, hardware devices here for Apple? I don't know. I mean, I think one, you know, they probably haven't fired people because they didn't grow that much over the last two years. I mean, you, you think about all the mm. other big tech names, right? You know, um, mm. Amazon had the logistics boom and, you know, e-commerce during COVID and AWS, um, Alphabet, you mm. know, it was just going gangbusters over, over the pandemic and their Google Cloud boom as well, same as Microsoft. Mm. So, so all of them kind of went, oh yeah, we have growth above trend that's higher and try to maintain the trend and fail. Therefore, they are cutting people off um apple didn't have any of that they they had all they had was oh china factory might be shutting down we need to manage supply chain we need to sell more iphones right so maybe the the joys of um being primary i mean being hardware focused um more than SaaS in that sense right which which means that they they didn't grow as much over covid but similarly you know now that people have come down from that growth high they don't need to cut as much um and on hardware i mean I'm just quite intrigued to see where this goes, right? I mean, every mm. single time you think, oh, yeah, I think at least, hey, you know, how many more iPhones can they sell, right? Or, or how much more yeah. incremental value can they put into a phone and, and squeeze out another round of upgrades from the consumer, you know? Mm. And that, and every year gets more and more expensive. So, hmm, mm. how, how, how much more can they keep this view turning? And, and it seems that they can, so... Good for that. Yeah. Um, Actually, the, the yeah. one that, that surprises me the most is the overlaps they have on, on their devices, right? Like, honestly, the, the iPad mini to an iPhone that is quite massive as it is and the iPad to the Mac, like, there's quite a lot of overlap if you think about yeah. it. But people seem to be having all of these devices. Why? Why, why do this? Uh, so, okay, exa- I, mean, I, no, I, I don't it's understand. It's a right? question coming so from many? me also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, yeah. So, so I, I, I don't, I mean... I have two laptops because I have a work laptop and a personal laptop and none of them are Mac. Mm. But, you know, I mean, it's just, mm. like, sometimes I just don't understand. And if I think about it, it's like, oh, you know, Apple has been great, you know, and, and they have been really good at executing. But what is the next big innovation, right? Or, or what real innovation have they mm. made besides making phones smaller and, you know, changing a bit of the hardware inside and all that, which, which are all great, which are all fantastic achievements. But, you know, 
like we have heard about the Apple Car for the longest time hasn't appeared. We have heard about Apple Those VR for the longest rumors, time right? yeah. ha- haven't appeared. Right? What's the rev- What's the revolutionary hardware or revolutionary product that they are going to release, or are they just going to say, "Well, you know what? I'm going to keep my hardware edge." And I'm going to turn really more into a services company by selling subscriptions, by selling ads and all that because I have the mm. bulk garden, I have the ecosystem, I have the power there. And this is what I'm going to do. It's higher margin. You know, I, I'm just going to start milking the cow harder, right? Rather than trying to find another cow. Yeah. So I think that to me is the really, really you know, big picture and, and long-term thing, right? Whether you know, what, What's their strategy? Are, what are they going to do? And that to me is always the big question mark with Apple because, you know, and, and we have seen this throughout history, right? The, you, you squeeze the cow for too long, it, it just dies, mm. you know? Um, yeah. So, so I, 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 think I think that that's going to be the, the that's, issue. That's, maybe that's five, a fair point. And, and people have been saying this since um, Tim Cook took the helm, right? And, and yeah, and it's been proven on. wrong for the last 10 years. So, you know, yeah. I, yes. <laughs> and they've been milking and milking and... And they're finding new Tim ways Cook. to milk, right? They find yeah. a new machine to milk the cow harder. <laughs> I would say the, the, the closest latest investment would, or latest idea would have been the watch. And that's it. Yeah. Right. Really, it's not to the level where, where, where Steve Jobs was. But are they going to come up with a VR? Are they going to come up with a, with a car, right? Or I think they were talking about glasses or something like that. I really don't know. Um, it's yet to see, but from the looks of things, exactly what you said, it could become one other revenue stream, which is services. Maybe yeah. that maybe they want that to take up 30% of their revenue, 30% on hardware, and the other 30% on maybe some sort of software. I don't know, right? Um, so I think those are those are questions to have, but without a doubt, I think Apple Apple's brand is the reason they exist. That's the reason I yeah. believe people buy all of these different devices. It's a little bit of a cult cult following. Hey, hey, have you gotten the new iPad? Yeah. Um, and and those sort of things, lah. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's what Tesla aspires to be, right? So, you know, fair enough. And uh, by by all accounts, their ecosystem is great. I mean, I mm-hmm. don't need. The only one, the only Apple device I have is my work phone, which I try not to use. So, um, okay. can't, can't say too much about it. <laughs> See, my boss also doesn't listen to this podcast. Very good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean that that's pretty much about it, right? So you know, it, it it's that that to me is always that you know trillion dollar question because that that's how big they are now. How yes. how long can they keep doing this? Um, do do they really just want to become a services company and you know? And and maybe one day that ends. Maybe you know after Tim Cook goes, they have their Steve Ballmer equivalent, and and the whole company just kind of shrivels a bit until the next generation, right? You don't know. Um, nothing lasts forever. So yeah, we'll see. But I mean, recent quarter, very good news. Um, not much headwinds going forward. But maybe a bit of logistics, a bit of over reliance on China and and how that works out in in the new geopolitical space. But again, they'll take years. So. You know, they, exactly. they'll start trying to shift supply chains and it'll be okay. So, yeah. Mm. And they were actually the least affected in, in, in the form of tech uh, stock drop, right? Because like Apple, yeah. I mean, sorry, Amazon Alphabet dropped a bit. Um, but Apple actually saw negligent negligent drop. I think it's at 151 yeah. last time I saw it. I think they so. dropped to close to 100 before, something like that. Like in, in the last two, three months. I haven't actually taking a look at Apple because it's just, ah, I, I have, I, I own Nasdaq, right? So don't really care mm-hmm. about Apple. Um, that, that's all the exposure I need. I, I don't want anymore. <laughs> I, I like Meta. Hey, if you bought Meta at the lows, you'll be like 70% up. True. And the lows four months ago, five months ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Apple, I think for, for coconuts out there, they dropped to 125 early Jan. It's it's uh, now at one fifty one sixth Feb, so one month they've jumped from one twenty five to one fifty one. Oh, very nice. It's not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Cool. cool. Um, that's a little bit on tech. We haven't been talking about tech a lot, so hopefully, listeners, you you kind of like that. Uh, let us know if there's anything else that you want us to cover. Um, we should talk more about reads. Actually, no, not really. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're just about to talk about REITs, Anthony. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, 
they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We talked about yeah. it last week. We'll talk about it this week. Tell us a little bit about this Capital N REIT. Yeah, I mean, REITs just don't have that much news, right? Unlike the US mm. companies, they report once every six months. So every six months, you might talk about them. And, and they all report together. So you know, we, we can't mm. spread it into that many market updates episodes. Um, but yeah, uh, so CICT, which is Capital N Integrated Commercial Trust, um, had earnings last week. Yeah, last week, not early this week. Mm. Um, you know, and they're, they're kind of interesting, I think, for, for a few reasons. One is you know, history. They, are, they were Singapore's first REIT that was listed in 2002. And they are Singapore's largest REIT. I think they have like 2.4 billion something in, in properties, right? And they are almost like 90% Singapore properties. So it's like shopping malls, you know. Plaza Singh, Bugis Junction, um, office buildings mm. like Asia Square, Capital Green, Capital Sky, like like the quite landmark buildings, right, around Singapore. So it's like, hey, you know, I, I know these names. Let, let's check it out. <laughs> um, so, so that's pretty much gotcha. the only reason why. And because I own um their shares. So so but you know, so yeah, it's kind of interesting to to look at it. Mm. Yeah. So so earnings wise, you know, I mean, unlike tech and like a read, they actually went up in revenue, right? And like all these big tech companies, you know, making less and less revenue per quarter. Um, they, this one made more revenue, up 10% a year. Um, Is it because rent went up? Okay. Nah, of course. <laughs> That's the only way they make money, right? Rent went up, therefore I collect more money. <laughs> oh, and then bought more buildings, therefore I collect more money. Mm. Right? It, it's it's very, very simple business model. Don't need to worry about services, hardware, software, all these things. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, they are all hardware. <laughs> um, yes. Distributable income up 4.8%, DPU up 2.7%. So you know, generally mm. growth across the board, top line, bottom line, that's great. Um, the, the total 2022 distributions was 10.5 cents, which at today's price, $2 and a bit, is about 5% yield, which is uh, not too bad. I mean, it's, it's higher than T-bills, mm. higher than SSBs. So you know, you, you're, you're yeah. kind of being a bit compensated for it and higher than CPF, right? So, so you're being compensated for that risk. Okay. Um, you know, operating metrics-wise, again, all very decent. Leverage ratio is 40%, nowhere near 50 Um, Their debt is 80% 80, 80 of their debt is fixed rate. So higher interest rate, low interest rate, they don't really care. Um, Their cost of debt is at 2.7% at fixed. So that's great. You know, so it's let's, very cheap. Let's dive... Yeah. Let's dive deeper around this, right? Because I think most people, when they talk about REIT, they might have some issue with leverage, right? Yeah. Um, and just really want want them to understand a little bit here. In the norm, is 40% leverage normal? When you go for a REIT, do you think it's more? Do you think it's less? Um, I think it's about there in terms of market standards. And I mean, you think about it differently, right? When you buy a house, your residential yeah. property... You pay twenty five percent down payment. You seventy five percent loan, right? Mm, mm. So your leverage is seventy five percent. Exactly. Right. So so forty percent is half of that. <laughs> um, so, so I think Almost that that's half, yeah. one way to look at it. Um, two is really kind of regulatory based in the sense that you know in Singapore your REITs cannot be levered more than fifty percent. So that that's a red line there. I see. Okay. Right? okay. Which means that you know if you do. If you go above 50%, people start knocking on your doors and, you know, um, the SGS starts knocking on your doors and starts you to kind of lower it, right? Okay. So so there's, there's a red line there that cannot be crossed. And, well, because banks or lenders tend not to be too silly, they go, hey, regulatory, you have 50%. I'm lending you money. I want, to, I want to know early before you hit that 50%, right? I don't want, I don't want to know only when you make SGS announcement. So they mm. tend to have um, restrictions that once you hit, 45 or once you hit like 48 percent you have to it's kind of like a mandatory prepayment event or event of default under the loan where you know so if you hit that line you have to tell lenders lenders can call the loan back to to reduce leverage and that's a way to protect the lenders to get their money back first before everybody else gets hit okay so you know 40 percent is good 
with, I mean, if they have a low cost of debt, if they are not going to take on new buildings and all that, that will be fine. Mm. I think that the mm. fear is once you hit like 42, 43%, you, you are kind of limited in growth prospects, right? Because you can't buy a new building, they'll take on too much debt, they'll push your gearing too far. Um, and if you do want to mm. buy that new building, it means that you can't take on debt, you take on equity, you do rights issues, you dilute existing shareholders and all of that to fund that purchase, which is normally seen as not a good thing. Right. So, so I think that, that's where leverage comes in. It, it, it kind of gives you a signal. It's not really a signal of default because these people probably won't default, but it's a signal of, you know, are you going to get diluted soon? Will they need more money from equity? In, in which case, you'll, you'll get diluted. I think that that's really the key concern around leverage. Mm, okay. Cool. Yeah, I think uh, just just good to understand a little bit more in terms of that, right? Because we only hear 75% or 80% or, or anything like that. Yeah, so, so, so 40% is quite decent. I think uh, last time we were talking about Parkway, went to 30-something percent, which is quite low, mm. 35-something. Yeah, so it mm. just bounces around that range. I mean, if if a read came to say, you know, I have 0% debt, you, you'll be asking questions of them like, hey, why are you not levering up a bit to get to yeah. juice your returns, right? Correct. You, you, you should be juicing your returns because you're renting your buildings at 6%. You should take on some mm. debt, maybe 25%, at 4%, cost and then the return on equity is higher and therefore the return on shareholders is higher right so so debt is not a bad thing um debt helps give shareholders greater returns um REITs mm. have a natural ceiling on debt due to their leverage requirements right so hey you know i, I think it's relatively safe the, the big concern really is around dilution um, of course REITs go go bankrupt and all that but if it's you know CICT, that's not going to happen, right? Um, if it's if it's the small ones, fly by night ones, maybe. Um, that's mm. why they pay you ten percent you and not five percent. Um, but you, you know, take on the risk. I think yeah. you you take on the risk, right? That that's really about it. Yeah. So okay, understand the debt side of things. Now the other side, obviously, is is rental. So how how yeah. has um the commercial trust been in in terms of rental over the last couple of years? Rent went up last year, surprisingly. So mm. I think retail malls went up, like they, they, they call it what rental reversion, right? Which is really how okay. you, you compare the rents. Um, so they had positive rental reversion in the malls, it was up 1 point something percent. In the offices, it was up, I think, 8%, something like that. So, wow. you know, I mean, not, not, rent, not Singapore condo increased 30, 40% kind, but, <laughs> a, you know, on, on a it's billion dollars, percent, not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why these people rent, you know, like if my rent increased 100%, it would be bloody expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't know how, how these people increase 100 although yeah. I think my, my so, rent would probably go up 30%, but yeah. So <laughs> that rent, rent went up. Yeah, rent went up, right, 8% or, or whatever it is. But what about mm. occupancy, right? Um, were yeah. people actually renting from this? Yeah, yeah, so um, overall, their entire portfolio, which is like, a lot of buildings in, in Singapore and a few overseas. Mm. It was about 90, nearly 96% um, occupancy. Right? Oh, wow. Which, I mean, to, to me, that actually feels a bit low. Um, if you go to like, you know, the the industrial REITs um, or if you go to some of the office REITs, they, they t- used to be like 98, 99% um, occupancy. Mm. So, so 95, 95, 96 feels a bit low to me. Um, maybe gotcha. I mean they own a lot of office buildings, right? So partially, that there's maybe a bit of like you know, um, the work from office, work from home, kind of tension playing out. People returning yeah. office space over the last few years, uh, or renting somewhere cheaper. So, Anthony, uh, you know, we talked about all, all of this, but you know, do you think there is a a way uh, that you know companies are trying to cut costs and therefore? you know, kind of give up the, the lease and, and say, you know what, I'm going to take less space in, in, in the Capital Tower or wherever it was. Yeah, I think there's, a, well, Capital Tower is a different building, not owned by the re, I think, um, in, in Tanupaga. But anyway. Um, oh shit, yeah, you're right. Okay. In their commercial buildings. <laughs> yeah, in their commercial buildings. But I, I think, you know, that there's probably two ways that we will kind of see, well, there's two competing tensions, right? One is, you mm. know, if you're a company, you want to rationalize costs and all that because you're scared of recession. Yes. But mm. if you have, you know, three years left on a lease, for example, you're, you're not going to cut it down now, 
right? Because to to mm. terminate now means that you have to pay penalties and all of that. Um, might not be worth it, you know. So you you might just hang on for the next three years and hey, fire people lah. Um, the mm. the second and I think this will probably win out is you see people making other you, you see employers making employees come back to the office right now everybody say mm. recession coming scared of job I last maybe last year I felt I didn't need so much office space because uh, nobody comes in office anyway but now I right. now everybody's scared of job I can make them return which is why I go to the office more <laughs> right <laughs> I take the MRT but you know I can make them return suddenly my occupants suddenly my use of office space as an employer is, is much better mm. because I see people in the office so um, yeah. I, I don't I don't really need to return anymore. In fact, if we want to grow, we might want to get a bigger office space. Right? Gotcha. So, gotcha. you know, I think people who would have wanted to change would have changed the last few years when there was a lot of space um out in the market, when you know, especially when their leases were up. People this year who, you know, want to change will, will be those with their lease up. And I think what is relatively mm. interesting is you know, in REITs there, there's this thing called Will, which is like the weighted average lease expiry. Um, so across the entire portfolio, um, based like weighted based on their um lot size or or property size or office size, you know, mm. what is the term to the expiry of the lease? And for CICT, I think it's what three point nine, nearly four years. So you know, so, uh-huh. so there, there's a lot of committed occupancy, and and they are all committed for a relatively long period of time. Oh, three to four is not super long, but long these enough. are these are things that we could we have to look at, right? Obviously, when we're yeah. trying to to look at a read and, and looking to yeah. invest. Yeah, so to to see, I mean, you are you are, the the fear is real, right? You don't want this year occupancy ninety six percent, next year forty percent. How are you going to make money, right? So so yeah. you want to know that okay, fine, my major tenants will be here for longer, you know. So even if it goes, at most it goes down to ninety two percent. I it's okay lah. I I won't lose too much money. Hmm. Fair enough. Got you. So. In this case, everything is looking quite quite positive for for CICT. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts in in twenty twenty three then? I don't know. I mean, I, I like REITs, right? And I'm a shareholder, so I'm biased. Um, I, I think uh, there's buying more, uh, buying more. <laughs> no, not not buying more. Um, but but I think it's it's not. It's it's not one of those things where you go, oh yeah, this is overpriced. Um, I think there, there's nothing obviously wrong about it. I think the the biggest risk to me is that you know they are really really concentrated in singapore you know all, all their mm. most of their offices most of the malls are in singapore I mean, they're good properties you know a lot of the regional malls and all that but at the end of the day this just means that they are kind of a proxy for the singapore economy if we mm. stop getting you know if our unemployment goes up very high for example or if we really go into a very deep recession you know all, all these things will suffer and maybe that's the time to buy because they'll recover and it'll, it'll recover and it'll come back like like we saw in COVID. But if it doesn't and it's, it's a really, really bad recession for the next decade, then yeah, this will be a bad stock to be in. But then again, you know, um, a lot of stocks will be bad stocks to be in. So it's not a, yeah. a, a bad case that's specific to um, this, this read. So yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's relatively good value, um, not great. Um, if something goes wrong, you you are kind of buffered off by a decent yield. If something goes right, your upside won't be great, but you know you'll pay you five percent a year. Good enough, lah. Yeah. Yeah. True. Cool. Or you can market time and wait for recession, then you buy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Provided we hit lah Singapore, right? Specifically, how how do not hit? I think we'll mm, come. True. Lah. Yeah, yeah. We're market we're market takers. We're not setters, anyways. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, let's move on to our last story. All right, the uh, the big guys, Sorry, the bad uh, guys. B- before before we we get there, I, I must say, Bit Buff and Beyond is crazy, right? They went up like ninety six percent yesterday, and today, um, five minutes after open, they are down forty five percent. Wow, <laughs> it's meme hilarious. Stop. Um, yeah, me, the meme stocks are fucking funny, but okay, back back to um. <laughs> Things, like, Clearly, coconuts. You can see that we are even even while talking, we're looking at the stocks. So it's <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like scrolling through Tiger, who haven't sponsored us. Um, Nvidia has two hundred bucks. Yet, what right. the hell? We need to sell Nvidia. This is crazy. How can it be worth so much? 
Okay, we, we were talking about that another day. Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, shell. 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 Shell is great. I love Shell. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. I think so. Shell again had their earnings. You know, yeah, we are we are really branching out from like tech earnings now. Um, mm. they they announced a record annual profit of forty billion, almost forty billion dollars. Um, wow. over, over the year, and this was their record like profit, high, high, highest ever profit, right? So their previous highest was I think twenty eight billion in two thousand eight. So it's uh yeah, it's a they beat it by like. Oh my god, 40%? 30%? Quite a yeah, bit. F- 40 yeah. plus percent. Jeez. Right. Last year was just a blowout. Right. Um, wow. Their last quarter earnings was 9.8 billion. So, so that's fantastic. And, you know, I think uh, maybe a bit of a dose of reality is that they, you know, we, we were talking about Shell, I think, many, many months ago and, and a possible mm. spin-off of the renewables business. But mm. their, their renewables is really, really small. It's I mean, okay, it's not small. But it's like less than five percent of the entire group's profits, so forty billion, less than two right. billion in profits, right? Um, in terms of okay. capex, um, pure capital expenditure is also the smallest part of the group. So mm. you know it's growing, but yeah, it's not growing as fast as the rest of the business, which is not a good thing for greening the economy, lah. But of mm, course. I mean, I have my own thoughts on that. These guys, um, are, yeah, these guys are just gonna <laughs> worry about these these stakeholders, so. Yeah, and I mean that's not a bad thing, right? You you get you earn a lot of cash and you return all your cash to a lot of your cash to your shareholders. If your shareholders want to invest in green companies, they can go buy green companies. Right? Mm-hmm. If your shareholders don't believe in green companies, then they don't buy green companies. They go and buy Occidental Petroleum or they go and buy some other oil stock. <laughs> right. So or they buy EQT, um LG stock. So, you know, I, I think like there, there is a case to be made that you don't need every company to be everything. Um, that there, there are lots of green infrastructure companies out there. Look at Adani, right? Well, not really green, mm. but well, look at Adani and they're short selling. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I, I kept wanting to talk about that. I just couldn't tie it into something that we should <laughs> <very irritated. laughs> A lot of thoughts. Um, yeah, oh. just send us a message. We'll, we'll rant at you about Adani. Um, but anyway, <laughs> back to Shell. And, and that's what, and to be fair to them, that, that's what they've been doing, right? Last year, they returned, what, 22, $26 billion to, of, to shareholders, right? Mm. $8 billion, I think, in dividends and $18 billion in stock buybacks. So that's a lot of stock buybacks. Wow. Um, and... They are, I mean, part of it was because they divested a big chunk of assets in the US, but they are not reducing their pace this year. For now, I mean, for the first quarter of 2023, they announced another $4 billion in share buyback. So they are just you know, really, and, and they, they really see this as, I think, their value to shareholders. We are going to make a lot of cash because we are a mature business mm. and we'll return mm. that cash to you. And you spend it as you see fit, fit essentially. Because right. what, what's their market cap actually? Oh, yeah, let, let's go figure out their market cap. But yeah, I think that that's kind of the the interesting bits of the shell earnings to me. Yeah, still an energy company, but you know, um, got it. Yeah, I think for me the the, the share buybacks are, are always a good question, right? Like usually yeah. you see that as a as a voice of confidence from from the government uh, from from the mm. you know, shell in this case, um, from the treasury, from the board, whoever you want to call that from. Because yeah. they feel that there's no better investment than in themselves. They could have easily put that in a REIT. They could have easily put that in, you know, other things. Um, and but but sometimes do you feel that they buy this to inflate the price? No, I mean the the whole point of a share buyback is to inflate the price, right? Because what you're doing in a share buyback is to essentially take it off the market, so your share count falls, mm. and. Well, if your value of the company hasn't changed, so let's say you, it was a million dollars with a million shares, therefore one dollar a share. If you have taken away, if you buy back five hundred thousand shares, you still have a million dollars of value with five hundred thousand shares. So you know your shares should not be worth two dollars, mm. right? So so it is a way to push up share price without, and and that's why it's called a return of value to shareholders because you are pushing up the shareholders' share price, um, without actually you know giving them dividends. Right, so if they believe in you, they can continue holding the company. If they don't believe, they can sell off that chunk of 
you know, what, what that, that percentage or whatever is bought back and they get it back in cash. And the reason why they do share buybacks is their dividends is just because at least in the US, although that might change soon, it's a lot more tax efficient, right? You you don't mm. you don't have that 30% withholding, you don't have, I mean, they, they do have 40% of capital gains, but you know, that's, that, that that's that's based off a different base, right? Yeah. So I think that that's why you you see especially the US tech companies they they much prefer doing share buybacks rather than announcing dividends. Yeah, like Meta just did a share buyback, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. They they announced a huge share buyback, massive share buyback. A lot of uh, stick was given to them because of the amount of, the amount of people that they fired. But yeah, <laughs> forty billion. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. It's quite a lot. <laughs> oh no, no, but, but they're not doing it all in one quarter. They they are they got authorized no. to um do yeah. forty billion worth of share buybacks over a, a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Shell. Yes, they Shell. obviously see some growth there. Coming coming back to it. Obviously getting some some good uh traction. Right, uh, with regards mm-hmm. to the idea uh, LNG and so on and so forth, how does twenty twenty three look like for them? Is it investable? Yeah, so I think that's the well, there, there's kind of two bits about that that's quite interesting, right? So, so one is mm. they don't actually see well, they they might see a boom, but they are not investing heavily into the boom, right? So, mm. so the the typical you know commodity cycle is. Um, the commodity price goes up. Everybody starts you know, pumping into the commodity to explore more, to drill more, whatever, because they're because hey, good money, right? The commodity is worth so much money. Um, there's there's, there's an oversupply in the market. The price collapses. Mm. Everybody goes bankrupt, right? And then you restart again. Oh, there's not enough supply. Price goes up. And then then that's the typical commodity cycle. So what what's been interesting about this commodity cycle is price go up, price came down a bit. Nobody moved. Everybody said, I mean, most people said, we don't really want to drill more. We don't want to, you know, explore more. We don't want to produce more. We are just going to keep our production as it is. Um, yeah. We are going to even out the cycle. Um, they didn't say this, but they are, essentially, we don't want to go through the Mumba cycle again, right? This, this is crazy. We are just going to stick to it. So Shell kind of did the same. They forecasted about 23 to 27 Billion in KPEX for 2023, and then confirm at earnings. Yeah, they, we are keeping that range. We are, we are not going to do anymore. Um, so so they are not massively investing into the boom. They are going, look, there's a boom. We have been here before. There will come. A, there might come you know a bust. Gonna or come. There, there will likely come mm-hmm. a bust. So it's okay. We'll we'll make money while we can. We'll return. We'll return money to shareholders while we can. And everybody's happy. You know, Let, let's just it's BAU, right? Um, go up, mm-hmm. go down. I will, I, will, I will make more money if it goes up. I will make a bit less money when it goes down. But that's fine. You know, we, we are not going to... We are trying to fight the cycle. I think. Fair enough. And, and I think a, a second point is... You know, I mean, we talk about LNG and then we say, oh yeah, you know, it feels great. But LNG prices have... Spot prices have actually fallen quite a bit over the past six... Three months. So mm. for, for a period of time, they were going up to like $8. It was like... Sorry, energy prices in Europe, right? It was like one or two dollars um before the Ukraine invasion. Um yeah. they went up to eight or nine dollars, which is like eight hundred percent um wow. for a while as, as people were stocking up for winter and, and now it's back mm-hmm. at three or four bucks. So you know it, it's been a crazy ride in, in LNG. And that hasn't really reflected in the stock price, right? Because you know, you, you don't see Shell going eight hundred percent up and then you know fifty percent yeah, down. Back down you again. See them just yeah. Like kind of chugging along. Oh yeah, I'm I'm up twenty percent, up thirty percent, and they have not come down. You know, at, at a similar range. And, and I think, you know, one is partially because they are not a pure um, exploration and and producer, right? They they have a, they are, they are down the whole value chain. They are oil major, so there have been you know parts even when. The, the spot prices have gone down. One is they are exposed to different commodities, so that's fine. Two is you know they have different mm. parts of the value chain that are making a bit more money, like refiners and all that, which have helped you know cover up a bit of the loss. And three is they have so much of the market, of the spot market anyway, they can effectively hedge or they can effectively you know trade it properly, um, compared to a, a few of the smaller producers which might be more price takers. So yeah, that's you know, that that show. I I think it's doing quite well and it's also relatively cheap price to book which is like it's like 1.1 1. 1. 
so of all, all right. their assets and all their gas fuels and all that, you know, net asset value, their share price at the current rate is one point one one, which is amazing. Yeah, you don't really hear it nowadays. I mean, you you do just not in the companies you cover, right? You you hear it <laughs> in yeah, even CICT is at one point three percent price to book, right? Why, mm. why would you buy? And okay, I guess I they mean, have it's... higher dividends, but you know, um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you are exchanged to forex risk with Shell because they are listed overseas, and if the pound collapses, mm-hmm. the pound goes up, we, we are kind of screwed. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you you can kind of see why Shell seems very attractive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and this year though, right? Any headwinds with regards to to Shell commodities or anything like that? Uh, I mean, yeah, there there are always headwinds. Um, one is maybe the cycle turns, right? And I mean, and and the cycle turns, you know, we everybody gets swept. Um, two is you know, everybody saw, and I mean, energy prices are uh, a huge topic, right? You know, we we saw yep. electricity prices rise. We saw electricity prices rise everywhere. Um, everybody, all the governments are taking the convenient route. Well, except Singapore government because we are fair and above board. But all the other governments are taking mm. the, the route of pointing their finger at the power producers and the oil majors and saying, hey guys, you're profiteering. Um, you are profiteering off our people's suffering. We need to make you suffer too. And, you know, mm. you made too much money. Let me give you a windfall tax. Um, something like that. Uh, let me charge you a windfall tax so that, you know, you give me more money and I, I'm use, I'll use that to cover off whatever help I give my citizens. Which is kind of fair. Like, you, yeah. you see where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not not really the oil major's fault that prices went up. Like they, they, it wasn't that they, they pushed the prices up deliberately. It was more a function of supply and demand, but, you know, whatever, right? Um, yeah. Government get money from private entity, not not necessarily a bad thing. So, so yeah, I think that that's probably going to be the big concern um, for all these energy companies. How how much are they going to get taxed mm. and how much will they actually have to pay out? So what Shell was saying was that it, for 2022, they paid $100 million in tax in the UK, right? They probably paid about a billion, um, a few billion in the entire world. But in the UK itself, was $100 million. With the new windfall tax, they estimate this year's tax liabilities to be like twenty twenty three tax liabilities to be five hundred million, so a five times wow. increase in tax, right? Um, and wow. and I mean, if that goes across their their whole earnings, that's probably not a good thing. Um, but yeah, and yeah. I think it remains to be seen how much they will actually pay, and you know, these people will always try to minimize tax. So, yeah, we'll see. Absolutely, gotcha. So I think that that's cool. going to be the big unknown. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was a this was a great episode. We actually covered quite a bit of industries if you think about it. Quite quite yeah. diverse in this one. We are and diverse geographies too. We are moving away from focus. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because we have two, right? I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, no. We, we, I I keep saying this, right? Um, every now is the time to buy. I mean, don't buy things like mm. um, Bed Bath and Beyond or AMC. <laughs> uh, if you want to buy AMC, buy eight, right? That's at least the cooler thicker. Mm. Um, but you know, if you are a fundamentally strong tech company that is on the up and up, this is a blip, right? Cycles mm. turn, cycles will turn back. You know, you don't yeah. necessarily need a zero interest rate environment to grow. I think people have just made too much of it, right? Um, lots of companies grew up well in high margin businesses in in high margin industries in the eighties and the nineties. Oh, yeah. So no, it's it's. I mean, tech is new, but businesses are businesses, right? Um, history has shown a lot of this before. So buy buy the good, like find the good companies, buy them, you know, hold on to them for the cycle, and you'll be fine, right? Like people talk about buying undervalued businesses. How how can I mean they they can still be undervalued after being down ninety percent, but your chances of finding an undervalued business are so much higher now than they were in twenty twenty one, right? So Absolutely. so if you were happily buying in twenty twenty one because oh, they were undervalued and they had a huge temp, then hey, you should be buying more now, you know? Where, where's your conviction, mm. right? So yeah. yeah, buy just buy, buy especially <laughs> stocks that I already own, but <laughs> but I mean like, yeah, that, for you, that aside, for you. you know. Yeah, for yeah. me, for me. Right? <laughs> Why do you think I'm here to pump? 
uh, but you know, I mean that that's no, no, not 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 to pump that that's illegal. But I think that's the the key, right? You you want to buy in the down cycle, so that when things move into the up cycle, you make profit. You don't just buy in the up cycle because that's where you cash the top. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Awesome, man. Thanks for that, Anthony. It was a, it was a good session. Yeah, we need to be more positive. What, what yeah, other good news do. is there? Oh, budget coming up. Yes, budget Hopefully is more coming goodies, out. Uh, more GST vouchers. $100 not enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> budget is coming up next week, right? Uh, Coconuts, we hopefully will be covering a little bit of it um, on, oh, Valentine's Day. Yes, on Valentine's <laughs> we'll Day. That's home. where we'll be spending our evening. Right? <laughs> Speech at 3.30, read the news, like 9pm, come and record. Oh, how is it going to affect yes. the stock market? I don't know. <laughs> it's yes, we are going to be talking. I don't know. We are going to be talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 hopefully you will we, we will be able to come up with a few things for you. Uh, we are covering the budget next week, so please tune in. Uh, we'll try and put a nice spin on it. Uh, but I think on the other hand, we are going to be rolling out a budget podcast right here in the Investor Network. So we can't wait for you to listen to it. We will be running a couple of episodes here. Um, but for tonight, thank you again for listening. From Anthony and myself, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh, and trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback, so share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks, and stay safe.